We're back. Another episode of the Off Balance 3 is here. Aaron Hodges. That's me. Over here. That's Jeff. Hey. <laughs> that's Jeff Young. Slow on the cue. And over there. Yeah. That's Brian Miller. Hello. No, that's just the difference between me and Jeff's temperaments. Jeff hears this thing and he's like, yeah, hey, there's Aaron. And I'm just like, oh, there's Aaron. <laughs> it sounds way more fun to be Jeff, I got to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to agree with that as well, even though you're the one eating guacamole right now. Well, I, you know, I was telling Jeff we were pre-potting a little bit. Um, we had National Night Out. And uh, as a new homeowner, uh, my wife, uh, you know, she's like, we got to go meet the neighbors at the National Night Out, which is like they close the streets and you have a little picnic in your street from uh-huh. your neighbors. Yeah. But my neighbors were all very chill and they were all drinking beers. And uh, so we made a big vat of guacamole. So I was polishing off the uh, remnants of our neighborly offering. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. Nice folk. We have um, block parties here like once a year in my neighborhood. That's basically what this is. And in that sense, we are terrible neighbors because we almost never participate. We almost no, you don't go. No, it's I make it a point to not be around. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like it's it's one of those social situations where it's uh, forced, and it's like we don't talk to our neighbors any other day. So why start now? I think it was good. I'm glad I did it. Yeah, you should, and I should too. But uh, I don't know. They turned out to be pretty interesting. Um, yeah, but some some there's some people that like look like they would be maybe semi uptight, and you get to have a beer with them, and they throw some pretty funny shit your way, you know. And you're like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> I dig this. You know, we're definitely a little tighter with a couple of neighbors now. Never hurts. What's a better equalizer? Is it beer or is it weed? Well, it's funny. We were drinking beer. And weed came up as a subject. And everybody, one of the dudes uh, is a is a um, I don't remember exactly what his job is, but he works for 3M, which is a big sciencey company in Minnesota. It's a big Fortune 500 company, and apparently there's some medical cannabis initiative there. And he hurled himself in the direction of that particular job opportunity within the company. <laughs> and every, it was met with roaring approval by everyone at the barbecue. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, you got a good indicator of what's going on in that neighborhood now. Then I'm not going to get narked on. Yeah. My, my main concern, you know, it's cool. Absolutely. But uh, speaking of beer, Jeff, you're home brewing. I am. I saw your pictures on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying it very much. <laughs> Are you enjoying it right now? <laughs> I'm not enjoying it right now as we speak, but I, I have been enjoying it. Um, yeah, I, I just uh, did, a, did a batch of uh, amber ale 
uh, that mm -hmm. brewed it in June and uh, just popped it in. And, uh, you know, you, you, you let it, you let all the yeast and everything and all the, all the sciencey things happen. You, you follow all the practices and hope that everything works out right, but you don't know what you get until about five weeks later and you open it up and you hope and you hope. And, uh, it tasted like beer. <laughs> Do you have a name for this concoction? Yeah, I, I call it the available light amber ale. <laughs> available, available light. That's awesome. Available light. <laughs> it's a photography term, isn't it? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Photography. There you go. Also, it, it's it's also the name of a Rush song. So. Ah. <laughs> I just took it quite literally, like that. Well, this is the beer it's we available. have. <laughs> it is it works that way. Yeah, it works it that way. Very it, nice. It works on many levels. Like you're not going to drink it because it's good, but it is available. <laughs> and light. And light. Exactly. <laughs> That's good, man. I've been meaning to get into home brewing for a long, long time, and uh, you know, I still haven't. So kudos to it's, you for actually making it happen. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. I, I same same here. I was trying thinking about it for a long time and it's a it's a lot of fun i highly recommend it what's the rule on shipping beer across state lines uh i you know i'm not sure i i think uh i think the code word that you're supposed to, the code phrase you're, phrase you're supposed to use so you don't get in trouble when you send and i've never done this myself but i understand that the uh the code phrase you're supposed to use when you ship it is uh live yeast samples <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I believe that's the code that you're supposed to use. I've never actually tried that myself, but um, but that's 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 the word out there. That sounds way like more dangerous than beer. In some ways, it does, but it's also um, it also sounds less illegal. So <laughs> I don't know. It kind of sounds like you're shipping the Zika virus. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeast. It's bread. Yeah, I guess you have a point there. Yeah. <laughs> and tasty. <laughs> so what's going on with the with, with the trade deadline? I had, what I all I could see was that Yankees fans were telling everybody that they won the trade deadline. Of course. <laughs> well, they kind of had to because they're not really winning anything else. So no, um, they heat. Well, they they no, they did actually. I mean, they they did real well. Um, yeah, they were like. I think there were about 18 trades or something, which was like one of the biggest trade deadlines uh, in a long time. And, um, you know, basically the way it works is teams that are out of it, they ship off, you know, whatever big name is around, preferably a guy with a lot of uh, a big contract. And they go and get some young guy that you've never heard of that could either be really good in three or four, four years or be nothing. Yeah, the Yankees, they they made it, they they dealt off their uh, their big relievers, uh, Andrew Miller and um, uh, Aroldis Chapman, and they got some real nice prospects in return. You know, whether those guys pan out, who knows. But there were some pretty big names between those guys and um, probably probably the biggest names uh, in terms of in terms of name recognition, not necessarily in terms of impact, but it would be. Uh, Yankees also traded Carlos Beltran, who's having a pretty good year, but he's he's very old. Um, he was he was a great 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 player, um, and uh, the Padres managed to find somebody to take Matt Kemp's contract off of their hands, which uh, I don't think anybody around here expected them to be able to do. Uh, the Braves actually took him on, uh, which is which was really weird because the Braves are terrible. So I don't and and Kemp is old and can't really 
they can't really play the outfield. What does he have, what does he have so, left on his deal? Oh, it's a, it's an enormous amount. It's like, it, I think it's around seventy million. Now the Padres are still are going to pay for some of that. The Dodgers are still paying for some of that. Um, but uh, yeah, basically, when when you when you move all the contracts around, the Padres end up saving about thirty million dollars by. Wow. Yeah, they, they they traded him for a guy that the Bra- the Braves wanted to get rid of, and um, he's it's this guy who he's he's. Uh, He's had some uh, off-field issues, pretty severe off-field issues, and uh, he's actually serving out an 82-game suspension, which was re- uh, lifted today. And so today, the Padres actually released him. So they effectively gave Matt Kemp to the Braves just to get thirty-two dollar, thirty-two wow. million dollar break. They they didn't actually get a player in return. They the player they got, they just said, "Yeah, we don't want you." <laughs> so what happens to that guy when, once he now that he's cut? Well, in theory, any team can claim him, but in reality, nobody wants to touch him because there's there's a there's a decent chance that he's going to end up doing time. Uh, what did he do? Like jail time? Uh, so, yeah, yeah, it's oh. domestic abuse. Ah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. So, so, um, so, yeah, kind of solved both of their problems. Um, that happened. I think the most interesting things that happened from from my perspective were uh, we had uh, there was one guy that. Uh, that got traded, uh, Jonathan Lucroy, the Brewers traded him to, um, they traded him to Cleveland. And uh, Lucroy had a limited no trade clause. And that was one of the seven or eight teams that he had on his list and he invoked it. And so they had to undo that trade. And then a couple of days later, he was traded to the Rangers. Uh, so it'd be kind of interesting to see how that, uh, how that um, works itself out in terms of, you know, if if the Rangers and the Indians end up both making the playoffs and seeing each other down the line, it could be kind of interesting. So that you can have a clause in your contract that says there's teams that you refuse to play for. How insulting yeah, is that? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. like the opposite of the whole thing with your wife, where you have like, if I met a lady <laughs> chalk cat and she was cool with it, and we got we banged, then it would be cool because she's on my list. You know, <laughs> but it's the opposite. Like, if I met the Texas Rangers and they wanted me to pitch for them, then I would throw some balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's that concept exactly, but in reverse. Or it's like I wouldn't bat for you with. <laughs> I wouldn't bat for you with Clayton Kershaw's bat or something. I don't know. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> the reverse of that is like not if you were the last baseball team on earth. I would, <laughs> yeah. I would go gay and play soccer instead. <laughs> Hello, European fans. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about the guy that wanted more soccer talk out of us, Brian? There you go. <laughs> I'm using it as an untoward slur in 2016. So, uh, yeah, welcome uh. to soccer. <laughs> I got a mailing uh, from the the New York Red Bulls today. They they want me to come to a couple games, and usually I make a an annual pilgrimage over to Red Bull Stadium. Is this Red Bull like Red Bull? Yeah, like the the energy drink. The team is the Red Bulls. That's right. Formerly the Metro Stars. I, there's no way I could ever root. For the Red Bulls. It is a little weird at first, but... Uh, I'd rather root for the Vodkas. <laughs> <laughs> That's my team. Yeah. Yeah, I could go for that for sure. Yeah, if it feels like the Vodkas, Vodkas versus the Red Bulls. I feel like the Red Bulls would just be a bunch of super aggressive dudes. But the Vodkas couldn't be too effective, though. I mean, 
I have a lot of bad memories that start with vodka. Well, they huh? probably do okay in the first half. <laughs> That's their like slogan. You're like the vodkas, man. We give you a headache. <laughs> <laughs> You'll know the next day when you were with the vodkas. You wake up feeling terrible. There you go. <laughs> but well, with the Russian accent that I can't do. Vodka and cigarettes. That's what we need. Uh, yeah, usually once a year I go to the Red Bulls game, and most of the time I take. And this is this is how good of a husband I am. I take my wife's uncle, who's about pushing eighty now, mm. and he usually bugs me and my brother-in-law to take him once a year, and he can barely get up and down the steps. But uh, oh, t- I bet it takes forever. Oh, it's it's something else, <laughs> and you got to babysit him the whole time because he wants food, and then. You either got to walk with him or take the chance of going to get the food for him and he might disappear because uh, he went to a game in Philly with uh, (laughs) one of our relatives and it was uh, a U.S. game right before they left for the World Cup and they lost Uncle John in the stadium because he went to the bathroom and he didn't come back for quite some time. So <laughs> it's like you got to keep an eye, one eye on him and one eye on the game. But uh, I don't know. A really know. old person is just like a child that doesn't legally have to listen to you. Dude, it really is. It really is. Even when we were in Italy, Alex's parents were just, babying us like we were 16 but at some point i realized that we were actually babysitting them and they didn't know it right you're mm-hmm. you're doing the facade of that yeah no i have to do it with my parents because there's like there's a detailed set of circumstances that they can't be around so i have to like negotiate around that but then it, yeah yeah it's interesting how that flips around at some point <laughs> you know it makes you think logan's run was a pretty good system well i don't know what is that <laughs> Nice. Soylent green. I don't know. We can bump it up a little bit. What is the it? chip you, in my hand feels fresh. Yeah, you're going to have to explain that to me. <laughs> I don't know what Logan's run is. Oh. Uh, I'm just, two, this is two dystopian sci-fi movies where old people are uh, not integrated into the system. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Would be a charitable way. Decidedly so, yes. <laughs> you know Soylent green, right? People. You know what I'm talking about? No, no idea. You really don't know that? I really wow. have no you know, idea. You know what I'm talking about, right, Jeff? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Legendary. Classic. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I don't even want to tell you. Now you should just watch the movie and find out. Watch them. What are they called? So the movie's called Soylent Green. Soylent? S-O-Y-L-E-N-T space green. It's starring Charlton Heston. It's a sci-fi dystopia with a, a, a quite Twilight Zone-esque ending. Wow. A really fa- it's a really famous ending. Like, this is sort of like the sci-fi equivalent of not knowing what Rosebud is. <laughs> For reals. Am, yeah, I, am I wrong, yeah. Jeff? Yeah, that's about right. That's about right. Sci-fi Rosebud. All right. I got I to gotta at least like look at a, a Google image or something of a no, movie no, poster. No, no, go on fresh, man. Go on fresh. Don't, yeah, don't. Netflix don't. That and watch it. It'll be great. It'll be, you'll, it'll report back. You'll be, you'll be like, oh, that was crazy. Wow. When was this made? Uh, it's early 70s, 72, 73, I think. Maybe like mid-70s. Okay. Because uh, on the, 70s sci-fi. the movie poster I'm looking at, it says, it's the year 2022. <laughs> exactly. It's coming up. Hey, you know what? We might be there. Don't. You watch the movie and tell me we're not headed there. I mean, this could be prescient. 
right. Charlton Heston. It's good stuff, man. It's a good movie. I'm going to make it a point to do this. It's just Charlton Heston. Good actor or no? Sometimes. Why do I... I had a friend, okay. Uh, my my buddy Gus uh, was a uh, he he died very tragically a few years ago. He was as fairly young, but he was a, a really good actor. He's in a bunch of movies. Um, <clears throat> he was in Halloween, like he was in, like Halloween a bajillion, Halloween like six or something. He was the only guy Michael Myers ever didn't kill that he encountered. Uh, he was in the remake of Willard and a bunch of great stuff. Great dude, but Gus was a really good actor. He was in a lot of theater. Truly talented guy. And Gus told me that every actor, no matter how good they are, has about three different settings. And the, the best you can hope for is that those three settings are deep enough to repeat over and over again, but that nobody has more than three settings. Some people only have one. And so then it's just about knowing your settings and using them appropriately. Settings mean like how you're wired? Yeah, yeah. Like, like basically like Jesse Eisenberg can either be the super quiet, nervous guy, or he can be the obnoxious guy, or he can be chattery guy. But like Jesse Eisenberg doesn't have action guy, you know? Or even Al Pacino, De Niro. The basically, no matter how good the actor is, there's like a, three different settings they have that define all their roles. Shouty Pacino, quiet, sensitive Pacino. You know, whatever. Hmm. I always thought that was interesting. Like, interesting. and he said that you always you see a new actor and you think they're the best actor you've ever seen because you've never seen them before. And then after they do about ten movies, you go, oh, okay, yeah, that's the three things that they do. Have you ever but done any do acting well, work? Me? Yeah, you. I did some theater when I was young, uh, mostly on attempting to do stand-up, really, but not having an outlet for it. I'm, I'm not a good actor. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm decent at playing me, but that's about it. <laughs> and that's what stand-up is. is like, it's like the opposite of acting. You're like trying the most to seem like you right. on stage. It's like, so it's like, a, such a, it's like counterintuitive talent, I think. Some people can do both, but not me. <laughs> Any uh, theater background for you, Jeffrey? None whatsoever. Mm. Um, no, my only times on stage were playing music. I, I need an instrument in front of me. Gotcha. Otherwise I get kind of freaked out. Yeah, I, uh, my favorite parts of plays were always, I would just riff dialogue because I wanted improv because I wanted to do comedy. So I would just like change the dialogue on stage <laughs> and just say different stuff and try something out. I'm sure your castmates loved popular. you. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't real popular. I usually got to laugh at it. <laughs> we, were, we weren't doing mammoth keep in mind it wasn't like i was uh, you know, i wasn't changing martin mcdonough's new play or tracy Lett's new play or anything <laughs> what else are I we uh gussing up my son is crazy but promising where i played the son <laughs> you know who i'll tell you i'll tell you this though you know who i did most of my theater work with was uh, melissa mccarthy's father-in-law oh Look at you name um, dropping. Yeah, her son and her husband, Ben, his son is directs Ben Falcone, directs a bunch of her movies and is a big thing, you know. And her father-in-law is actually a really talented playwright named Steve Falcone. Um, still is. He's a really talented guy and a really funny actor. And so I worked a lot with Steve. Very cool. Yeah, he's a good dude. Right. But uh, it's crazy because he was like this like local talent dude. And now his, you know, his son and daughter-in-law are the most famous people in Hollywood. Yeah, right. Like they're like a superpower couple, and they're the nicest people on the planet. Yeah, I'm coming around on Melissa McCarthy. I, I wasn't uh, a huge fan at first, but uh, I'm starting to come around. Crazy talented. She's yeah. so good. Mm -hmm. For sure. Are we missing anything else from the uh, the trade deadline, Jeff? Oh, it's just a bunch of names. 
<laughs> just a bunch of things. No, no, you know what? I will say there was one other interesting thing that happened here with the Padres. They uh, they actually traded a, a bunch of guys to the Marlins, and uh, this is this is really weird because you never see this sort of thing happen. Um, and one of the guys was a uh, pitcher named Colin Ray. And like the country a, singer? Uh, I don't, you know, I'm really out of touch with that stuff, but probably uh, if there's a... Yeah, I, I think know. being out of touch is how you know who Colin Ray is, but you're, you're, so oh, you're actually better oh. off than me. Okay. No, no, you're doing well. I am... Okay. All right, I'm going to continue 90s on country. that path. No, you're doing okay. fine. Okay, all right, good. <laughs> I was worried there for a second. No, you're good. Um, okay. Yeah, so this guy who's not apparently to my knowledge, a country singer is, but is in fact a pitcher. He went and he, uh, and he pitched a game for the Marlins and he was doing real well. And, uh, but then he had to come out in the fourth inning because he had an elbow injury and they immediately placed him on the disabled list. And like two days later, they traded him back to the Padres. They, they renegotiated the original trade and they, they sent him back to the Padres. Um, and, and the Padres had to send one of the guys back to the Marlins, which was huh. just bizarre. Like, you know, that's that, that just never happened. Yeah, that, that, you never hear about that. Is there some kind of grace period for trades? Is that how that works? No, not, <laughs> no, not at all. And this is like, I, it's it's really bizarre because, um, you know, these trades always are contingent on players passing their physicals. So, you know, whatever happened to his elbow, I believe it was an elbow, whatever happened, it was not a, it was not a pre-existing condition. It's just, you know, I, I don't think the Padres had... I don't think the Marlins necessarily had any recourse. I don't think there was anything the Padres had to do, but it sounded like the Padres actually never wanted to get rid of that guy in the first place. So they were able to work out something without going, you know, without getting lawyers involved or whatever. But uh, it was a very, uh, it was, it was a real weird thing because that never happens. Uh, it was by, by, by certainly not the most impactful move that happened um, on the trade deadline, but it was definitely one of the most baffling. Yeah, I mean, I've never heard of that happening ever. No, no, it was really weird. Cool. Well, I'm happy to see that there was some action in the uh, yeah. in the baseball trade deadline <laughs> because uh, usually the NBA is carrying that torch for exciting stuff at the at the deadline. You don't see a lot of trades in hockey or football. Football, especially football is low. Football, yeah, yeah, a little more in the last couple of years, but still not much. Yeah, yeah, it has ticked up a little bit i think because now the gms are trying to play fantasy football a little bit yeah i think you're right but uh i think i think that's good it's a good thing shuffle it up yeah i I suppose (laughs) not convinced though huh I don't you know the seasons are so short in football that it just doesn't necessarily behoove you to replace people or in baseball you're like all right we got 68 more games to get you used to playing on this team until the the you know the playoffs in theory, yeah. It just football doesn't work as well quite that way. But every now and then, I think it's always nice to see the old guy come back, like Dwight Freeney now signing with the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I guess I was thinking more of like Steve Smith Senior. <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a little cooler. I forget Go did he retire? Dwight. He didn't retire, right? No, he blew out his ankle or knee. He had a real bad injury in the first game of the season, and what was going to be his last season. So he's like, "No, no, next season is going to be my last season." He still has uh, Joe Flacco as co- his quarterback, right? Yeah, he might as well just go ahead and hang it up. Or yeah, hope for he's, a he's intense. I like. Well, I like that dude. He's he's fun to root for. He was fun. Was it the? I forget who he was yelling at. I think it was Josh Norman, where he's like, "Ice up, son." 
<laughs> or yeah. no, it was uh, Akib Talib, right? After yeah, the game, I mean, he's an, he's an old dude who doesn't play like an old dude, you know. Tiny dude too. He's like five yeah. eight, if that. Yeah, I love it. You gotta love the small guys in football. Yeah, it's the kind of guy that gives guys like me hope. But you uh, <laughs> hope you might start. <laughs> you never. This week. You never. You never know. Yeah. I get that. Well, uh, it's a Marky Mark movie where the singer gets sick. I'll try to get my beach body and accidentally get in football shape. <laughs> never know. Or you do. What else is going on? I, I've watched the uh, All or Nothing show. How is it good? How is Amazon. it compared to Hard Knocks? I finished it. It's a lot like Hard Knocks, except it follows the, the Cardinals throughout the whole season. So you follow the, the, all the real players instead of some of the players and a bunch of goods to get cut. Yeah, exactly. And it follows the coaches and GMs quite a bit, too. And I, I, I like Bruce Arians a lot after watching this. Oh, Bruce Arians is one of the most, him and Mike Zimmer and Bill Belichick, to me, are the three most interesting coaches. Yeah, I mean, just the relationship that he has with the players. That's a guy that I, that seems like everybody wants to play for him. and He's cool. He is cool. He's got like... He's legit cool. He's got a lot of swag to him. Yeah, he's got swag. And Mike Zimmer, the Vikings coach, has that like kind of Friday Night Lights, like redneck dad charm. Uh, and then Belichick, you know, I mean, Darth Vader's team usually wins, right? You got to love it. Did you see when somebody asked Belichick about Garoppolo? Like, what if he plays really well? He's like, well, Tom Brady's our quarterback. And like, well, what if he throws for 400 yards a game and three touchdowns and you guys win all four games? And Belichick's response, he just rolls his eyes and he just goes, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so perfect. I <laughs> love it. I mean, it is pretty annoying of a question. Yeah. I mean, as long as Tom it's Brady stupid. can play, he's going to play. And what 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 is there in it for Belichick to say if that is true? It's like, oh yeah, on the super off chance, I'm gonna I'm gonna admit that, even though it's obviously not true. Yeah, but Bruce Arians is right up there with the the straight shooters like Belichick and Simmer. Yeah, totally. And just to watch the the journey throughout the 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 whole season, where they they take all these different angles with. Uh, like the rookie David Johnson, you get to see how oh, he's he, so good. He's so good, and he and you forget how good he was, and and then the uh, the playoff game last year between the Cardinals and the Packers. Oh my God, I couldn't believe that I forgot that was one of the best games I've ever seen. Oh, it was a crazy game. I don't know if you remember, but uh, yeah, uh, Rogers threw his second hail mary touchdown. It of was the season. Insane. To tie yeah. it. No, I was watching. Yeah, and then Fitzgerald had that crazy uh like eighty yard catch and run to set him up for the uh eventual touchdown. But Yep. And the Vikes had that great game against the Cardinals late in the season where they, they lost, I think, by a field goal and almost beat him. And that was a that was a really a highlight of the Viking season just to play a really good team that closely when they weren't making a lot of unforced errors. Yeah, the Cardinals are they're a fun team to watch. Yeah, it's a shame the quarterback chokes and he's not going to be able to lead him to a Super Bowl. <laughs> he really did choke against the uh, Panthers in the yeah, NFC uh, game. He made but... Andy Dalton look like Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, highly recommended. I would say definitely watch that show if you have Amazon Prime or Amazon Video. I'm not sure how I watched it, but my wife has signed up for every media outlet ever, so I just got to <laughs> click on things and it happens. So... Uh, you got to do no, the homework and figure no, out I how to get there. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely cool. It's tied me over. 
At least until the football season actually starts. It's getting close, man. It is. We got the Hall of Fame game this weekend. Oh, I'm traveling on opening weekend. I'm bummed. Of uh, not preseason, of regular season. No, real season, man. Okay, <laughs> where are you gonna be? On my grandma's 90th birthday. Oh, solid. Is she a Vikes fan? No, I'm not going to miss the Vikings probably. And I'm going to be able to see some games, but I'm going to miss the Vikings opener. It's going to, it's a bummer, man. Uh, it is a bummer. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be on my phone, but you know, you know, it's my grandma's 90th birthday. I gotta, gotta be a good grandson. And it's happening on a Sunday. On a Sunday down, uh, down right by in the, right by the, on the Mississippi river in Kentucky. Now that's country right there. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> no Vikings down there, man. They're still sh- uh, smart from the Rams. That is like the one area that like the Rams. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because they're too far from northern Illinois to care about the Bears. So they were for the Rams. They were real close. A couple hours away. Ah. The Cardinals town. Interesting. Yeah. Nobody cares about the Titans. People in Nashville don't care about the Titans. People in the Titans don't care about the Titans. Yeah, I just heard there was uh, some, there's something funny going on with their ownership, and I don't know if you, you heard about this at all, but uh, I barely know what's going on. But uh, something about the owners thinking about selling, and then there's all kinds of confusion because he set up uh, his heirs <laughs> to take over the team, and so there's some confusion as to who's actually going to be owning the team soon. That's why they still have Mike Malarkey as their coach. <laughs> That explains it. <laughs> we we want a solid, we want a solid four and twelve with this guy. Let's keep him around. See what's got left in the tank. Well, I mean, he took over halfway through. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. Marcus Mariota is a good quarterback. It's coming up though, man. It's gets getting close. There's like actual NFL news. Warren Sapp is getting bitten by sharks and whatnot. <laughs> I only saw that headline. What the hell happened? Um, he was lobster fishing. It, it's a little less cool when you find out it was a nurse shark, uh, which just doesn't sound threatening. Even though I mean, it still can bite you, but nurse shark, I don't know. Not like dark doctor shark doesn't really sound scarier, to be honest. No, doctor shark sounds helpful. <laughs> Dr. Shark sounds like he has a Vicodin addiction, but he's really intense and he can diagnose you really quickly. Dr. Shark, we need your help. But uh, Nurse Shark bit him while he was lobster fishing. But it bit a little gap into his arm. Like, yeah, he got bit by a shark. It's real. Wow. But it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like a scene out of Jaws where he was getting dragged around by his raft. That'd have to be a pretty big shark. I'm a big Jaws fan. (laughs) So the shark took off a chunk of his arm? Uh, it just bit him in the arm. It's like a bit of gash into his arm. But it's like a decent sized gash. It's pretty ugly. There's pictures online. I mean, it's no JPP. Oh yeah, Warren's it's not even close. Shark bite. Like it looks like it really hurts. I can't imagine it feels good. Part of the reason it looks small is because his arm is so big. Like if oh. you put it on my arm, you'd be like, oh my god, his arm almost gonna fall off. But on Warren Sapp, it was like, oh yeah, you bit a small portion of his giant arm. Ooh, yeah, I I think that's the bone that I'm looking at. No, it's deep. It's legit. Yeah, I'm not really sure. It's definitely white. Yeah, it's, it's down in there. He got bit pretty good. Oh, that doesn't. Ooh. Yikes. Yeah, it's a pretty cool thing. Like, would you rather say, okay, let's say I tell you for sure you're gonna survive. Yeah. And it has to have be either one. Would you rather say you got bit by a shark or shot? Where do I get shot? 
either way, you don't lose a limb or anything. Like you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna make it mostly. You know, I'm not saying you're gonna run any marathons afterwards, but you're not gonna, you know, <laughs> you know, you're not gonna lose a limb or uh, your mobilitoire. Okay, you know, but you, you you're gonna have a gunshot. But you know, could be you know, it's a gunshot wound. Or a shark bite, or for real shark bite. No, none of that Warren Sapp bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think a shark nibble. I think I get shot. I think that's a better story. I think the shark sounds so much scarier. Yeah, you know, being bit by a shark, being in the water, would be so scary. I guess the shark would be scary. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but. I guess you're right. I mean, more people you hear about more people surviving gunshots than you do shark attacks. Yeah, I think you just don't hear about it when they don't die from the shark attacks as much. Yeah, that's true. Unless they're unless they're Warren Sapp, you know, like if Johnny if Johnny Manziel gets nibbled on, you're probably gonna hear about it. <laughs> <sighs> well, that kid. I, think I want to get shot by a- Johnny Manziel would be like a Jello shot for a shark. <laughs> <laughs> you want to get shot, Jeff? No, by a sh- I'd like to get shot by a shark. <laughs> oh, there that you go. That would be the twist. That's not bad. That would be, I, like I mean, that. that would be pretty newsworthy, right? A hundred percent agreed. Yeah, you don't. That, you that, don't. It would spiral into the gun control slash shark control debate. Yeah, yeah. Be, I, I knew a be, guy. Uh, what is it? Oh, I, I knew a guy who literally his dream, the way he wanted to die, he wanted to die in a feeding frenzy. What the hell's wrong with this guy? Huh? Well, I like, think this was the most horrifying thing in the world. But, like he wants yeah. to be chum. Yeah, he wants to. No, he wants a bunch of sharks to eat them all at once. Oh, that's that's crazy. That's all. that's not a real thing. That's not possible. He doesn't really want that. I don't know. <laughs> that's crazy. How would you want to go? Because I've thought about it. I'd want to just do a a natural skydive without the parachute. If I'm like really old, I'm on my deathbed. I'm mm. gonna die. Just let me jump out of an airplane. Hmm. I don't know. I think I'd like to be assassinated. <laughs> well, sure, that implies that you get to some level of importance. Yeah, exactly. That means I'm doing all right. If yeah. I just get shot, it doesn't matter. But I want to be assassinated. That is kind of sexy. Yeah. I don't know what for, but that's what I want. I, I want like to be it. struck down by an assassin. Love it. I actually really love that. <laughs> What about you, Jeff? Um, as long as it involves beer, <laughs> I'd be okay. You really do live a and simple life. <laughs> I actually hope you die at the Star Trek convention in Vegas. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're going to the Star Trek convention. That's awesome. Huh. I'm down. That's well, not a good story. I'm, but... I'm hoping to live long and prosper. <laughs> you could go give a lot of people their Jesus. first beers at the Star Trek convention. <laughs> I could. <laughs> <laughs> Poppy a lot of Romulan liver cherries. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you going to this convention? Uh, I'm going because I love Star Trek and uh, my brother-in-law goes every year and we just have a great time. And um, it's, it's for Star Trek itself and also it's a great place to watch people. Um, oh, I bet. It's just... Yeah, I mean, I just every year I come back, and people. The thing is, it's one of those few places that I find where you can have a massive amount of people together. It's almost like going to a dead show. 
where hmm. where you get a massive amount of people there and there's like there's like no angst whatsoever because everybody's just there to they, there's like there's like everybody's on the same side you know and uh yeah it's just it's it's really chill it's very um it's just a really it's a fun environment don't you think it's interesting that when you have something like that as the kind of fulcrum that everybody's going around, that you wind up hanging out with a much more diverse group of people? I mean, not just in the obvious way with black and white, although there's that, but like age mm-hmm. and all these different backgrounds. Like that's one of the things that I like about doing comedy and that I like to work in a comic book store was that there's certain things like you work at a tennis club or a yacht club, you know, or you're on the crew team or, you know, there's certain things where you're like, oh, okay, you're probably going to be, you know, get a certain sort of homogenous group. But uh, I liked that you would get all these different people. And because that's one shared interest, you could like become friends with people with these like really disparate viewpoints. Sports is like that too, you know? Like, yeah, I, th- yeah. I think that's why it's, you know, it's the municipal bond. It's why they, they, they are yeah. good for a town in a way where, you know, you're at the stop, train stop, and you can turn to whatever dude or maybe, maybe ladies next to you and be like, man, I don't know if Teddy can pull it off to the next level. I don't know if we can do it. Yeah, it's it's very unifying. It is, and sir, yeah, you do run into people that you wouldn't, uh, you know, you wouldn't necessarily run into in other in other uh, areas of life, and and you you talk to interesting people and share interesting stories, and you know maybe maybe you keep it up and maybe you don't, but or maybe you see them again next year, but it's you know it's it's yeah it's pretty cool. Yeah, once you share anything in common with somebody, it's hard to view them as like an other, and so yeah. it makes you so much more empathetic or sympathetic, I guess, or but maybe either one or the other, uh, to to their whatever their thing is, and and, it, and so it's like I think in in a weird way these like frivolous potentially frivolous things like Star Trek or sports and these 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 nerd conventions, you know, you're like you, you want to scoff, but it's like everybody has a version of this, and that's kind of how you you really branch out because it's it's hard if yeah. you're like coming at it from the perspective of your differences versus the, your similarities. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, empathy is something that certainly um, should be cultivated at, uh, at any opportunity and, and especially the way things are going in society nowadays, not to get too heavy, but um, you know, em- empathy is always a good thing. I think. Mm-hmm. I disagree. But at the same time, right. You know, what's funny is that a lot of <laughs> you disagree. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, but it's uh, it's interesting that sports fosters that in a way, but then of course also creates these like completely absurd tribal things where like these Vikings fans and these like Packers fans like there's always some stabbing at some crappy bar, yeah. you know, on the edge of the suburbs every night. There's a Monday night or a Sunday night football game where they've been having and then the whole day to drink, and somebody pops their mouth off, and you know. I don't really think Aaron Rodgers is that good or whatever. And pretty soon somebody's got their <laughs> Swiss Army knife buried to the hilt and somebody's third gunt. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like some sort of like super minor ridiculous crime, but it's like all over yeah. some like some prefabricated loyalty, you know, something that exists only in our minds just as much as Star Trek fandom does really. Well, that's, that's kind of why I compare like, like the Trek convention to going to a dead show. Cause it's, it's, they're, they're unique in that regard. Like, <clears throat> For example, when I went to a dead show many years ago, it was I, I I grew up listening to a lot of like really heavy metal stuff, and I'd go to all those shows, and the energy was real different there. It was great because you know I was like a teenager in my early twenties or whatever, and you know I was pretty much very um, you know angsty and hormonally driven and whatnot. So it was it was cool to be out there and you know 
ah, you know, screaming and banging my head and all that stuff. But uh, but then you go to the dead show. But you know that 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 kind of energy lends itself to people fighting. Right. Whereas you go to the dead show and and like you know, people are like playing volleyball and and just hanging out and doing a lot of other things, of course. But but they're just hanging out and it was like, you know, the whole time I'm walking around, I'm like where's all the aggro people? There's like, there's literally none of that here. And the same thing happens at the Trek convention where it is, there is that kind of tribal thing, but you're all, you know, even if you're a Klingon, it's like, even if you're in Klingon, universe, you know, that's so awesome. I love it. We're, we're all part of the same universe. It's no, not like right, Star I'm Wars big, or something, right? I'm a huge Trek Star Trek fan. I think it's great. And I, I, I think it's just so much more substantial in Star Wars. Uh, right. I, I've always kind of dug that it has a little more philosophy behind it. And I like, yeah. That it's more interesting to me that the, the conflicts in Star Trek are not always easily so boiled down to this guy needs to shoot that guy. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I've always, I've always kind of dug that, and I think it has an interesting little. There's, a, there's a reason that the community has sprung up around it that has, even if it is kind of a kooky one. It's, it's got a very, it, yeah, it's got very traditional sci-fi values, which is ask, ask good questions and try and solve problems. <laughs> yeah. And even the newer movies are very good, and I'm not a huge Star Trek fan. And growing up, it never really appealed to me. But uh, I appreciate the new movies; they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're a, a hardcore, if you're, you're a hardcore, hardcore fan, then you're seeing it a lot different. Little, yeah. But that's the nature of being a bit of a fan, you know. It's, 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 it's interesting how much, like having having worked in the sort of sports industry tangentially, and and then in the comic book industry. It's really similar in so many ways, you know. It's, mm-hmm. You know, I'm just being working on a store and watching people's like. Some people have it as just like their delightful once a week hobby, and some people just live and die with it. Whether it's the Batman storyline right now, or oh my god, the 49ers lost again. Yeah. You know, it's like some people. It's everything. Who are the Klingons' enemies? Well, uh, or are they everyone's enemy? Which is old era. Well, they were, yeah, it depends on the era. They were the Federation's enemies, but then they joined the Federation. And, um, but, you know, they're, they're still kind of generally badasses. So they'll, they'll, they'll mix things up. So they're like the raiders of the sci-fi world. Yeah, yeah. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Federation sacrificed uh, a great number of ships in an effort to defend the Klingons against some rivals, and honor compelled the Klingons to join the Federation because of their sacrifice. That wouldn't surprise me. I don't... I. I'm Which was nearly undone by a time warp that Picard had to work out and allow the sacrifice to go on in a particularly scintillating episode of The Next Generation. Oh, 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 is that the one where, sorry, I'm, is that the one where Denise Crosby comes back? I think it is, yeah. That's a great episode. It's one of the best episodes of the series. That is a fantastic episode, yeah. Yeah, Tasha Yar. Yeah, yeah. A friend of mine, well, I say a friend of mine, a guy I know a little bit, um, Used to be play for a band, the Blue Meanies, I think. It was kind of a big punk band. But he went on to build all these robots, and the robots all actually played these instruments like with, with like air pressure and stuff. And so he built these mechanical robots, and then they would play this like kind of heavy metal stuff. And then he would be in the band. It was like Mystery Science Theater. He was like the guy with these robot pals, and he would go up and program them, and they would play all these songs. But they would be themed, and one year his theme was uh, Next Generation Star Trek. Oh, cool! And, uh, and uh, so I remember going to a like a like a dingy punk bar to watch him and his robot friends play this heavy metal opus to Star Trek: The Next Generation. What a scene! My goodness, 
<laughs> I wish I could think of the name. I'm going to look it up. I'll, I'll, I'll be sure. I'll, I, it's a, I, I, I shall not go. That's it's too captured by robots. That's what it's called. <laughs> captured by robots. And the premise is, yeah, that the robots are forcing him to help them rock. <laughs> I love it. They still tours. It's really interesting to watch. Oh, man, that is fun. How long are you going to be out there? Uh, so I guess five days. Yeah. Head out, head out first thing tomorrow morning, morning, which is Wednesday and come back. Uh, we'll actually come back on Monday. The uh, show ends on Sunday night, but uh, we'll drive back Monday. And are you totally engrossed in the convention the whole time? Or are you enjoying other trappings that are out there in Vegas? We'll, we'll get out in about a little bit, but, uh, yeah, I mean, probably 80, 90% of the time we'll be hanging out at the convention. What's the thing you're most looking forward to about this convention, be it a speaker or an event or whatever? Um, I, the speakers are always a lot of fun. Um, last year we had Patrick Stewart, which was which was just amazing. He's just a he's a great guy. Um, My preferred captain, by the way. Yeah, he's and, and and yeah, he's a great captain, and he's and he's this the actor. He's so, such a good guy. He, he's oh, he's Green Room a is a terrific of, movie, by the way. That's one I of the top movies of the year. Yeah, he, he was promoting that when he came last year, and I, I haven't seen it, but yeah, I mean, he does. He does a lot of work for um, violence and that sort of thing. So he's 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 a pretty great guy. Um, but you know, any of those guys when they get up there and they start talking, you know, they start reminiscing about because uh, they they tend to not focus on the things that fans will focus on, which is awesome because fans just want to know what happened in this episode. And the yeah, fan questions you know, are the worst. And, well, but it's kind of cool because they'll they'll usually like ask some question and then and then there'll be like three guys up on the panel and they'll just start laughing because they when they ask about a certain scene or something like that, these guys will remember what was happening in life. You know, yeah, they, they yeah. remember it. They remember it from the actual filming and they, Oh yeah, he was having a horrible time with that line and whatever. And they just, they just lead to these really hilarious stories. So I love that. And I just, um, and I, and I love, you know, seeing, seeing uh, that I, I, I really enjoy the company of my uh, brother-in-law and his friends. And uh, so we have a good time uh, just, you know, listening to, listening to other people tell stories and then telling our own stories and, just generally geeking out and having fun. Nice. I dig it. Yeah. Where do you guys stand on the very public feud between George Takei and uh, William Shatner? <laughs> I mean, Shatner's uh, a ridiculous person. He, he is. But he's fascinating. As a Twilight Zone yeah, fan, I'm compelled to be fascinated by William oh, Shatner. Yeah. Yeah. I... If I if push came to shove, I'd probably I'd probably be on Takei's side. Yeah, but okay. I I just don't think Shatner needs any help. You know, I I don't think he needs anybody on his side. I think he's doing okay. He is doing okay. And I and I, I actually I actually like Shatner. I just as a as a character, as a you know, but he seems a little. Um, you know what's that joke about? Uh, I'm 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 terrible. I'm you can tell who's not the comedian here, but I it's the joke about where Shatner. Or with somebody, somebody goes to heaven and they're like, "Who? Oh, is that Shatner or whatever?" No, it's it's God. He just thinks he's William Shatner. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's kind of that thing, you know. So it it's cool in limited quantities, but I find after a while I'm like, he always has great stories to tell. So I I, I love listening to Shatner, but after a while it's like, yeah, okay, enough, enough, thank you. Um, so yeah, every story sort of gets spun into uh, he's the hero of the story. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Who's your favorite mm -hmm. old sports guy? Do you guys have a favorite old sports dude? John Madden. Hmm. Don't even That's have to think one. about it. He's the best. 
I just remember so many Sundays just listening to him and Pat Summerall. I don't know if there's ever been a better tandem than Pat Summerall and John Madden calling a football game. And he just had so many yeah. catchphrases and memorable Maddenisms. And the guy started the video game franchise that everyone plays. So... Well, I don't, I don't know how much he had to do with it. He, he put see, his name on it, yeah. He, yeah, he signed his name <laughs> I should say, a bunch of nerds. Yeah, but I still, uh, my brothers and I still quote the original uh, phrases that he had in that video game. And when somebody, you know, there's a big collision in the in the game, he would go, boom, where'd that truck come from? So <laughs> every once in a while, we, we bust that out when it's appropriate. So It's interesting that like, he is, he is going to be famous for that video game the way George Foreman is going to be famous for the grill. Yeah. Where you're like, that's not really what he did. Yeah, you totally like, <laughs> forget his entire career. Maybe like if Bill Belichick winds up inventing like a line of like cheese infused bratwurst, and you're like, oh, those <laughs> Belichick dugs are pretty good, and you're like, oh, you know, he won some Super Bowls. <laughs> Somewhere, Aaron Hernandez is still looking for the thing that'll make everybody forget. Yeah, you know my, my you know who I like my old uh, my old uh, sports guy I think might be Barry Melrose. Ah, uh, that's oh. a good one. I like I like I love old hockey dudes. I love old crusty ass Canadians. He rocks that goofball mullet. But he was a he was a fiery coach, you know. He was a good player. He's an interesting dude, man. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I I go Vin Scully. That's who I grew nice. up with too. Oh, that's good. I mean, Harry Carey was great before he, you know. Yeah. Hit the bucket or yeah. whatever. I got to see some Harry Carey games in Wrigley before he died, so that was cool. Cool. Are we doing all ball, by the way? Sure, we could do Let's that. Let's do it. Do you? I just was curious. Do you got anything to throw you out? Do a speed round. You want to do a speed round of all ball? <laughs> we could do that. Yeah. Uh, we do a speed round. Did you see the video? Here, here you go. Carmelo Anthony. He he won't. Yeah, uh, he that's won't, what I was hoping you throw out there. He won't join his teammates uh, in dancing and singing to the Vanessa Carlton hit. Uh, man, I can't remember the name of the song now. Thousand miles. Thousand miles. Yeah. Yep. Um, oh, so, I don't blame him for that. I was thinking Draymond Green. That's the video. Oh, we'll we'll, we'll get to that too. Yeah. Um, that's I like the, when all ball gets literal. <laughs> so you, you saw that one? You saw that video? I didn't see it. I heard about it. it. It took me a while to find out what it was. I hate when you go to some news story and they're like, so-and-so got in trouble for saying a slur, or posting an inappropriate picture, and you're like, well, that yeah, could be a lot of things. I, I know, it's but like, as, as soon as I saw that, I knew it was dick pic, and I didn't look I any figured. further. I just knew it. I figured, and it was. It was. So he's got dick pics and assault charges in the offseason. It's, it's, it's pretty good. Dick pics should be a crime, man. That's, that's a modern, like, that's one of those things that sounds ghastly to old people, but, like, if they had any idea. I mean, I'm not among them. The dick I'm married. Pics? I'm married. Nobody wants any pictures. Of, if I send anybody a picture of my dick, it's probably, like, my, my urologist. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's totally desexualized. Uh, but uh, I think there's a very common young people thing, and it's, like, it's kind of like these athletes, it's like, we play in Denver and you're not allowed to smoke weed. Like, why can't you just be a law abiding citizen like everybody else? Yeah. Why everyone should be able to send a dick pic is what you're getting at. Well, yeah, they, should, they shouldn't be held to like, it's like Draymond Green committed some bizarre sin that nobody else has. He just has a few more people on his Snapchat. <laughs> so you're going all ball on the dick pic. Yeah. All ball. I don't think he did it on purpose. It, it did not seem like on purpose. Oh uh, yeah. I don't know. I didn't look too far into it, but I'm just going to say overall, the theory of sending a dick pic via social media, no matter how 
private you think it is it's uh flagrant foul <laughs> it's so stupid yeah, whenever people do that i'm always like you know you just could text somebody that and be fairly confident that it's not going to reach a zillion you know people are like i thought i direct messaged it on twitter and you're like why are you using twitter for that you because, trust twitter because <laughs> they they need some privacy brian they don't want to yeah, they, they, they got to keep their distance they can't exchange phone numbers just dick pics their most private area but keeps them People distance. like celebrities will do that it's like uh scarlett johansson accidentally dm'd or you know, there was some um allison pill i think like twittered a topless picture of herself while she was on that show the newsroom that she was trying to send to her boyfriend and but i just remember thinking like why are you sending it to on twitter like i wouldn't tr- like, the, you know people at twitter who work there can like see all your shit i'm sure yeah, it's pretty stupid. Yeah. What do you weigh in on this, uh, Jeff? Uh, I go flagrant foul as well. I just, you know, I just see this. We're all click his quote. We're all one click away from placing something in the wrong place, and I suffered from that this morning. And I'm just, I'm like, well, yeah, okay, but like, you know, for certain values of something, that's like a lot more. You know, if I act photo to the world, it's going to be like. Well, it's going to be probably like of my beer or a dog <laughs> or a, something suitably boring that I, I don't know. I just, it seems like a better solution is just find a better hobby or, you know, take pictures of other things. I don't know. It is, it is funny. That it's like, oh yeah, I was walking down the street and then I tripped and I fell down and my penis fell out of my pants and I took a picture of it and then I logged into a social media account and then I posted onto that and then I, le- and then I left it on. Right? Like, that's a pretty elaborate accident. That, that's like a Rube Goldbergian device accident. <laughs> it just it's seems an like astounding sequence of coincidences. Yeah, like yeah. the dick pic to me is like the hail mary pass. So it's like <laughs> mm-hmm. you got nothing left. You're so desperate. I just don't understand why Draymond Green would have to go s- through such great lengths to try yeah. to get laid. I mean, the guy is a famous, wealthy basketball player who's not terrible looking he is a bit of a mouth breather and he does look stupid <laughs> but he should be able to get laid on a fairly consistent basis where he doesn't have to resort to dick pics yeah i agree i still i'm still going all ball but i still but i i don't think you're wrong it's really I'm disappointing strong. speaking of videos so here's here's my speed round all ball uh speaking of uh people on social media so alden smith uh an extraordinarily talented defensive player who's played about nine games out of a potential 150 game career so far. Uh, in a bit of trouble with the law. I believe one of his more uh, prominent offenses was firing an automatic weapon in the air because he was trying to break up a party at his house, which is weird. <laughs> like I was just at a block party and someone was just like, hey, we're opening the street up. And then everyone volunteered to move the picnic table. That was not really a need. <laughs> To fire machine gun into the sky. Well, you ain't uh, rolling with the kind of crew that he is. I suppose not. But uh, Alden Smith uh, has had many drug violations, and um, Alden Smith posted. Well, someone posted a video to a, uh, I believe it was a Snapchat account. I thought it was uh, Periscope. The, or Periscope, yes, you're right. It's, per, it's a Periscope account that was not named, but had only previously featured first-person videos by Alden Smith featuring his face. <laughs> And on this Periscope account, the lower half of the body of someone who sounds exactly like Alden Smith and whose lower half looks exactly like Alden Smith's lower half 
just smokes a joint on TV or on Periscope for no reason and talks about it. And then a woman's voice off camera says, what are you doing? Why are you putting on the internet? And before the video cuts off, Alden Smith says, whatever. They don't know it's me. It's not like I said, I'm Alden Smith. (laughs) (laughs) It's... It's the Benny Hill video of social media attempts. I mean, it's just yakety sacks getting chased off the edge of a cliff or into a door. I mean, I'd love to see the NFL investigation of this and what, you know, <laughs> what what this looks like. Does it look <laughs> anything like Deflategate where they're looking for the cell phone of Alden Smith? To me, it's definitely a flagrant foul. This kid is so stupid. And this is the reason why I hate most people that are advocates for marijuana, because they're annoying. They just want to be cool. They really do a disservice to their own cause. They do. If you're going to, you know, if you're going to be arguing for change, you should probably like gussy it up a little bit. They'll be like, uh, you know, change your name to Chief uh, Running, or not uh, Chief Running. I know a guy who changed his name to Tree Song. He was a big weed advocate. His his legal name was Tree Song, which he, he had a very difficult time getting on a credit card because <laughs> Visa really wants you to have a second name. <laughs> oh God! All right, so, so like uh, this whole he thing. was a nice guy, by the way. Tree Song. Uh, he ate like like uh, a, a like a, he ate like a, a what in the Simpsons about a, thir- a level three vegan diet where you don't eat anything that casts a shadow, and like. He just he looked like uh, Bobby Sands at the last scene of the movie for like five straight years, you know, and he worked at a grocery store and you just want to like throw a mango in his mouth or something. But that name change is not something that inspires confidence that uh, the weed is a good Published thing. author. Tree yeah. Song. Published Tree a couple song. of books. Tree well, Song, yeah. Well, Dude, hell. <laughs> Amazon that, man. No, man. Look, look, look it up. He's an interesting guy. What is he writing about? Uh, alternative ways of living. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah. So you you knew this guy personally? Yeah, I know Tree Song. <laughs> Why do I feel like you're making this whole thing up? <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I totally knew. No, me and Tree Song. I don't know. I don't think he's probably um, plugged into the grid, wow. so he's probably not going to hear this podcast. But like, next time I'm back in town, I could get like a note from Tree Song <laughs> or a poem. Oh. Hey, or, wait a minute. No, he he's on the internet. Yeah, right. See, there yeah, you go. Yeah. He he lives in Carbondale, Carbondale Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. yeah, I used to be a newspaper he, editor there. Yeah, his uh, his uh, website is treesong.org. Oh, there you go. Dot org. And it says uh, author, talk radio host, superhero. Oh, nice! Wow. Does his picture on there? But his long beard yeah. and his big wooden yeah, walking yeah. stick. Can you yeah. get him on the uh, show? The, yeah. Oh, this is cool. I don't know. <laughs> he's a he's a he's a radio host. Surely he'd do our podcast. You want? We want to ask him. I don't think Tree Song's ever seen a football game. I don't think he's allowed. To, I don't think he's allowed to watch football. It's against his vegan diet. We have to be like eggplants <laughs> thrown against each one another because they use a pig skin. Is that is that what? It yeah, is? the pig skin would. Yeah, you're right. The pig skin would take it out of it. Oh wow. Huh. Maybe yeah. you can talk he's baseball. A nice guy, you know, different strokes for different folks, man. Cool. We're all, we're all wired to a different frequency. But the, in the case of Alden Smith. This this is a guy. Alden Smith makes a tree. Alden Smith makes Tree Song look like Don Draper in terms of just being a normal regular person. Like, <laughs> I mean, Tree Song has a has had a job as long as I've known him. He's a 
contributing member of society. Alden Smith has had everything in the world thrown at him. And I don't think he'll ever play. I'll never play another snap of football again. Right. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't played more than three, four games in a row for years. I guess it depends on what happens with this thing. The NFL's no, investigating it, right? Damn hard. I mean, I think you think so? There's no hope that he skates. He entered rehab already, so like he's already essentially admitted to it. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, that's trying to get ahead of it, but like, if they gave uh, if they gave Martavis Bryant a, a 16 game suspension, I can't imagine Alden Smith can't get the same thing. Wow. Well, they did let Josh Gordon back, but his yeah case is not as severe. for now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, until he trips up again. Give him a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but the video is so stupid. I mean, the, the video is the stupidest thing I've. It's one of the stupidest things I've ever seen in sports. He's it like should a, go on like blooper reels. He's like a teenager that wants everybody to think that he's cool because he smokes weed. Here's the funny thing. Yeah, you know how you're cool. You're in the fucking NFL. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. That is pretty yeah, cool. He, you know what anybody can do pretty much in this country is buy and smoke marijuana. It's really easy to find and it's really easy to do. And it's not even that big of a penalty in most places. It's not a big thing. It's not like, he's essentially like drinking beers on camera and being like, Ooh, <laughs> NFL. And you're a badass. You're not like a guy who gets to hang out in the NFL. Like you're a, you're a pro bowler. Who's never played enough games for a pro bowl. Ugh. So sad. you know, what, you know what Alden Smith's problem is he can't be in the Pro Bowl because he's Pro Bowl. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call a button in the comedy industry. There you go. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Jeff? Got any all balls? I don't. I'm. I'm. Uh, Boo. I'm mes- I'm, I know. I'm actually just mesmerized by this tree song website. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I hope he gets some hits out of this. Berries, do me, do us a yeah. favor. Check it out. <laughs> I think the berries could go there. I think we can give Tree Song a bump. I'm, I mean, he's a really good dude. I'm for it, you know? Right on. I like, I, I, yeah, I like knowing weird people. Well, I got to see. My old town, Carbondale, was like The Simpsons. There was like 20 or 30 side characters who were just like, you know, they showed up at town meetings and whatnot. You're like, yeah, that guy. There was a guy named Time Lloyd. That was just his name because he asked everybody for the time. And he would just bike all around town in this giant straw hat. And he just got hit by cars constantly. He was just bike in front of people all the time. It was just like, how many times have you hit Time Lloyd? And he just bike around town getting hit. <laughs> time time Lloyd. Him get right. He just sounds was, like a bike messenger. <laughs> But no, but he was like in his fifties or whatever, and uh, and he was right around this like khaki like Steve Irwin outfit. And I remember one time I was my wife was sitting on the couch and and uh, I was drinking uh, a cocktail, looking out her front window, and we heard the sound, and she's like, "What was that?" And I was like, "I just watched Time Lady got hit by a car," and she was like, "Yep, just turn the page around." Right. <laughs> so I understand your your Grateful Dead concert reference, Jeff. I've yeah, hey, right on. I've uh, I've been in a town that's prone to such things. Excellent. There was a guy named Hard Hat Steve whose entire reputation was based on two things. One was that for the last 30 years, he's worn a hard hat everywhere he goes. He is in no way have a head injury or any kind of mental impairment. He's just a guy who decided he was going to wear a hard hat everywhere. So he's Hard Hat Steve. But Hard Hat Steve's claim to fame is that one time he got a lady to consent to having sexual relations with him behind a banner at the Southern Illinois Salukis baseball stadium during a game and due to some banner and light related malfunction, 
Steve's copulation was revealed to the entire viewing uh, audience of the Southern Illinois Saluki baseball game, but everybody knew for sure it was Steve because he was the only guy getting laid in public wearing a hard hat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. What? The, what? what? I'm like the Garrison Keeler of Rednecks, you know? I know are, real, you have real... your own personal whack pack here. Oh my God. Absolutely, I do. Where we used to call them the Carbondale All-Stars. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know all kinds of... Uh, strange ass people my, my 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 buddies my favorite band of all time is from down there and uh my buddy uh the band broke up because my my buddy the country songwriter had to go to jail for a few years for running a ponzi scheme on the chinese whoa <laughs> yeah what was he doing it was a merch scam he got to some gambling debts and he ran some merch scams and some chinese t-shirt dealers and got caught up in some sort of federal bullshit okay which inspired him to write the uh, pen the tune Leavenworth is worth leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Did Tree Song remix that? No, no, no. Uh, but Tree Song's at the shows, man. I used to watch him break down to that band. Dude, he looks like he is. Uh, he he doesn't step foot off the commune anymore. I was, no, no. He no. He'll he'll break it down. He'll dance, man. I've seen it. <laughs> oh, man, he. You know Riley Martin. From Howard Stern fame, that's no. who Tree Song reminds me of. He's got these these headbands. When's the last time you saw this guy? I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna be obsessed with this guy now. Year or two ago, well, we should all go to his website and say hi to him. He's a good dude. He'll be enthused for the traffic, you know. It's fascinating. I love that everybody's getting swept up in Tree Song. I, I forget how he did it. You've started a new cult here. Yeah, hey, there's a there's a literal cult in Carbondale uh, called the Fullerites. Um, <laughs> it is like God. It's like crazy Lake Wobegon. I never thought about it. Um, awesome. R. Buckminster Fuller, who's a famous mathematician, who uh, I believe was like the inventor, as it were, of the geodesic dome, uh, yeah. spent some time in Carbondale and lived in a geodesic dome home. Um, and his legacy is a kind of cult of people who were students of his while he was at SIU, who formed this sort of atheist science cult and they just spread the the gospel of arbuckmaster fuller with all his out of print science books oh wow my cat's named after him <laughs> my cat's name is arbuckmaster fuller oh that's he's a mouthful behind me on a chair Jeez, yeah Louis. we call him bucky bucky yeah. sure that yeah. works but he's chilling on the he's chilling on the uh this chair behind me very nice well, I feel like we're getting a little punchy here it's a little late because we uh we got to yeah. get this in yeah. before jeff takes off for his convention. All oh, right, just got to go to Vegas. We have yeah, any closing yeah. sports thoughts. This has been the least sportsy off-balance three of all time, by yeah, the way. Yeah, we were all <laughs> over the place. You know, we, we went to some interesting places here. <laughs> well, well, you know, as sports are back on, you know, baseball is going to start heating up and uh, football is coming up. So I would say it's going to get it's going to get sportsier probably from here. <laughs> by yeah. default, unless, unless we would start just doing, doing a tree song podcast. <laughs> we might. depends on how deep I go. And don't forget soccer. We won't yeah, 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 got to research. Is uh, your uh, Brett Favre is getting inducted into the Hall of Fame this weekend? Oh, which, inevitable, right? I mean, if ever there was an obvious candidate, all those records for sure. But Speaking of guys who sent some pictures, that's where I was going, and what a pathetic <laughs> picture! That's that's that should be the bust. <laughs> his Hall of Fame you, bust is a half. Should be his croc, background. his croc wearing feet, and his, oh, his, his pretty decent sized dong. Is how I would characterize it as someone who's seen the pictures. 
Yeah, that one I did see. I don't. I don't know how that happened. I'm pretty close right. to uh, somebody that used to date the girl that he was sending the picture to. Oh, you mentioned that on a quick snaps one time. Did I? Oh. Yeah. 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 And uh, she she's actually now a comedian. Oh. She kind of rode uh, the wave into becoming a media star and then said, hey, why don't I try comedy? And Yeah, uh, well, it is the lowest rung on the show business ladder, so it's the <laughs> easiest one to grab. <laughs> yeah, it really is. But uh, hey, while I was in Montreal, I should have brought this up right away because this is right in the pocket for the Off Balance 3. I saw Blake Griffin do stand-up. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's doing stand-up. And, That's uh, a terrible idea. I, I got to tell you, he was pretty good. Really? For huh. a guy that just started. and Yeah, he's at Montreal. He's at Montreal <laughs> doing a... This is the most difficult comedy festival to get into in the world. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, that, it's, it's turning into something... Uh, if this was the 1920s, it would have been like, I saw a woman drive a car. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, I mean, he talked about basketball and, and what he knows, but uh, it was... So he's the Mick Foley of NBA comedians? I, I guess so, yeah, but he, he was actually pretty good. And then he was just kind of hanging out at all the parties like a regular dude. I, I approached him. I gave him some daps. I said, great set. You were really funny. And he was like, thanks, man. He was just chilling out like all of the other comedians. Huh. It was so. Well, I like that. That's cool. It That's was so cool. strange to see that, but oddly comforting. This mega superstar that's like one of the best NBA players right now, just hanging out like he's one of the dudes. I guess, you know, at a certain point, that's what you want if you're that guy, you know? He's, he's been, you know, he's been treated well plenty. At a certain point, you just want to hang out. Yeah. Not everybody make a big deal. Yeah, he said he wants to do comedy as soon as his uh, his NBA career is over. So that's why he's starting to get into it. Well, that's great. That's what I need is one more motherfucker taking up a week. <laughs> Every club I'm trying to get into with this celebrity act. <laughs> somebody, somebody fucking make sure and conk him on the jaw so he can't open that trap. <laughs> well, look at it this way. Maybe he, he knocks Steve-O off the, off the stage. Yeah. And that's good for everyone. Yeah, that's, that's what I need to compete against fucking NBA players. <laughs> So I jack that guy's soup cooler and keep him out of my rotation. <laughs> All right. I think it's bedtime for Brian. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Well, it was fun. It's good to be back, guys. We had to miss yeah. a week because we couldn't work it out with uh, me going to Montreal and you were going to, where were you? Grand Michigan? Michigan. Uh, uh, Dr. Grant's great comedy club, actually. They have a really terrific one there. Nice, nice town, too. Hmm. Very cool, very cool. So uh, I'm glad we could get it in before Jeff can uh, hang out with Klingons. Uh, yeah, and next weekend I'll be uh, next week I'll be here, so we should be back on uh, our regular schedule. I want to hear all about the Star Trek convention, by the way. Yeah, we definitely yeah. need a recap. And and whether or not anybody yeah. reads Tree Song's book, I'm going to read some Tree Song, and uh, we'll have a featured reading, whether it's from me do it. or Tree Song himself. Let's do a Tree Song corner. <laughs> let's do it <laughs> alright fellas uh, that's it I have a feeling the uh, editorials input's gonna be where's the sports
I'm glad I lived my life preoccupied. Outcast raised me, Lupe changed me. Now I do things with words to make you lames praise me. Whether Luke Kang or Luke James or Usain may be feeling flyer than a jet, son. I'm oh so spacely. Now everybody clueless how to flow so crazy.